Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I am your host, Bill Sickens. With me, Jeremy and Gretchen. Welcome to this week's show. Hello. Hi there. So next week, we're going to have some kind of a fun thing coming up. It is Fan Expo in Portland. We'll be talking about some of the stuff there that's going to be interesting to see and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, good to see a lot of these events coming back. A lot are. We talked last week about some that uh, we're not seeing anymore, but we are starting to pick back up. So that's a good thing. And I'm seeing a lot of other special events starting to be advertised again, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, rebooting these things is no fun. I think you guys know I was involved in a, doing a, one of the bigger car shows, antique car yes. shows up here mm-hmm. last year uh, called Cruise In in Sherwood, Oregon. and. Uh, amazing show. I mean, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's something that brings everybody out, but it hadn't been done for two years. And this is something that's been produced for a very long time. I think it started in the early eighties and it might've been even sooner. So some of the cars that are being entered now weren't antiques when the show first debuted. (laughs) And, um, you know, so getting things back off the ground does take a lot of doing and it's, you know, so it's just good to see some of the stuff coming back and, uh, same thing for the bigger conventions, so it's going to be kind of cool to see what all of that is. We've got a good show coming up for you next or next week. Well, next week will be good, too, but this week's even better because I know what we're going to be doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be, since next week we've got the pop culture stuff, we're going to be doing a lot of tech this week and uh, talking about used electronics and wearable electronics and is it okay to buy things used? I mean, are you going to get ripped off or is it actually worthwhile? You know, stuff like that. And we've got hmm. a good Q&A coming up for you as well. All right. So what do we have in the news this week, Gretchen? Microsoft 365 trial offer blocks access to Windows 10 desktops. Yeah, they have since fixed this, but it was definitely, let's just say, annoying. Hmm. So Windows 10 is being phased out. In fact, you can't buy it anymore as of a week ago. And um, it's still mm-hmm. supported and it will be for several years. But uh, I don't think this was for that purpose, but it certainly felt like it. What it would do is when you booted up your PC, reinstalled Windows or got the trial in. So usually it was when, you know, first time you're running your operating system, this pops up. Normally it pops up with a window that says, wouldn't you like to buy Office 365? We'll give you a free 30-day trial if you want it. And then you can tell it, yes, I do or no, I don't and go on with life. Well, the no, I don't button disappeared. And the advertisement was taking the entire desktop. So there was no way to get to anything else underneath it. And all you had was the option of starting the trial. And when you clicked on start trial, the only thing it would let you do after that was put in your credit card number. Even though the first 30 days are free, they still want a credit card. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I hate that type of auto so, bills. See, I would, have t- I would have hard turned my computer off just because well, I think a lot of people do, off. but then you can't use your PC, right? But because the next you time you turn it on, you think it's going to come back? Oh, okay. yeah, it did. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because they've built this into the setup process, you know, so it's like, um, it, and that's also why you can't just in program on it either. It, it you know is tied no in control there. alt delete no control alt delete all that would do is let you reboot yeah. in which case it would come back now like i say it's been oh fixed, that would but... make me want to punch somebody yeah, uh-huh. well, <laughs> with some of the feedback i got from our listeners that sediment was held by a lot of people on this yeah, and it yeah. didn't have this problem if you were running on windows 11 which uses a very similar setup process so anyway hmm. Hmm. internet explorer dies this week 
Yeah, speaking of such things, Internet Uh-oh. Explorer is now a thing of the past. The compatibility mode, all of that. If you still have Internet Explorer installed and click on the icon, it will direct you to Edge, which is your new browser. Now, with all the you know thoughts we have on Microsoft, both good and bad, I do think Edge is a much better browser than Internet Explorer ever was. Okay, uh, it's more secure. It does things better. I still use Chrome. I, I used yes. it once, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used it once to download Chrome, and that was it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you have one job, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, but it it does do things better. I understand why they switched it over, and to avoid the total technicals right now, what it is is the backend technology that renders the internet is different. Yeah, and oh, uses yeah. the newer system to do it. So that's why they why they switched it out. So. Internet Explorer now joins Flash and a number of other things is from the past. (laughs) As a helium shortage looms, vacuum balloons could save physics, medicine, and birthday parties. Yeah, so helium is something that has a finite supply. Mm -hmm. And when it is let loose, it's light, it goes through the atmosphere, it goes out into space, we don't get it back. And helium, about 10% of the helium supply is used in birthday balloons. The rest of it are actually used for other things, including medical stuff, like MRI machines, all that kind of thing requires Mm -hmm. helium to operate. So that's why this is important. And if you've tried to get helium lately, you probably know that we are dealing with a helium shortage. It's hard to come by. So they're talking about vacuum balloons that float on nothing. The weight of the balloon is lighter than air, and therefore it has the same effect. And Neat. if this ends up being possible, a proof of concept out there, although I read the uh, technical data on it and I'm a little bit um, skeptical, just say, I think they need a little more of a proof of concept. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, okay. the bottom line of it is if this could work, which I think it has the possibility, I just don't think they're there yet, it would help to solve this problem because you would no longer need helium and be able to do essentially the same thing. And at the end of the day... I think it's a little more important to have this for medicine, you know, saving somebody's life versus a pretty balloon at a birthday party. Well, yeah. Yeah, and Esther totally agrees. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can 3D printing help solve the housing crisis? Uh, Solve it? No, help it, probably. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen several different versions of several different houses being 3D printed with, like, liquid concrete. So, yeah, yeah, it is amazing what they can do with some of this stuff and, and not just houses. I mean, the Netherlands, they're 3D printing full bridges. Yeah, that work very really? well. I mean, yeah, it it's you would think about that. Oh, is that going to be safe? Absolutely. It's safe. It all is fine. I haven't heard of any of them collapsing yet. In fact, I think they're a little bit better than some of the conventional built stuff. Cool. So ah. this type of technology does definitely help in aiding it. I don't think we're seeing a world anytime soon where all of our new houses are 3D printed. And there are some drawbacks to that, too. But conventional houses, if you want to remodel or change something, you know, there's a specific process to do that. 3D printed is completely different because it's all one piece in most cases. You still have windows and doors and all that kind of stuff that you put in. But the actual walls are, you know, very different. But that being said, we definitely do need anything that we can to help solve the housing shortage and the housing crisis. I mean. Homelessness and houselessness is some one of the biggest issues we're dealing with right now in a lot of our bigger cities. So I think what's going to happen here is the solution, if you will, to that is going to be a combination of things which this is part of. So you look at this and you look at some of the other things they're doing to be able to aid and assist with this well, and be able to help. As long as we don't start stacking mobile homes like in that movie, 
Um, I think Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. No, I don't yeah. think we're. I don't no. think we're quite, quite I, there I, yet. Dad wouldn't. That wouldn't pass OSHA. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. The stacking might, but the jumping down and sliding down a pole just wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TikTokers are roasting McDonald's. Hilarious drive-through AI order fails, and it shows that robots won't take over restaurants anytime soon. Yeah, so what yeah. this is, this is a thing that went out on TikTok. So McDonald's has been testing AI-powered ordering at its drive through lanes since about 2019. Okay. Uh, and what this is, is they use voice bots to take orders. Now, mm-hmm. you can imagine where this would go. Um, and it's not just McDonald's. Sonic, Chipotle, and others are dealing with this too. But um, the video was quite interesting because she's going through and trying to order uh, water. And I think it was a cup of ice cream or something. And the menu shows that she ordered two butters and four ketchup packets. <laughs> and she, yeah. you know, she just called it this fighting with McDonald's robot. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. It okay. just, it's just like, okay, your, your system needs a, a hard reboot and some more editing. You know, it's just, it's interesting. AI is, is an amazing thing. And um, I think we're talking about check GBT a little later in the show here too. And, you know, so all of these things are, going in that direction but at the end of the day it's just uh <laughs> if if the ai is going to give me a mountain dew at mcdonald's we have a serious problem because mountain well, dew that is would not be a... interesting being that mcdonald's doesn't sell mountain dew I exactly mean, you do have but a there, problem there right <laughs> there have been issues where people have been trying to order drinks and it says oh, okay one mountain dew I'm like ah no <laughs> hey your story's so, next i know <laughs> all right last one the U.S. Air Force successfully tested an AI-controlled jet fighter. I don't know. Did you get butter packets and ketchup? No, um, probably not. In, in the jet? In the jet, yeah. You <laughs> know, well, speaking of AI and all of this kind of stuff, this one actually worked out a lot better. Uh, they're testing an AI-controlled jet fighter. I mean, you know, some of the sci-fi we think about with war machines that are AI-controlled, inner music here, but it does work, and it does keep the soldier out of harm's way to be able to operate in this capacity. Yes. You know, so um, it's going to be interesting to see where that ends up. But at the end of the day, it worked, at least in the proof of concept thing. All right. We've got a great show coming up for you this week. Don't go away. When we get back after the break, we're going to be talking more tech. This is User Friendly 2.0. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Listener question that's come in, and then kind of uh, as just a, almost a coincidence, a good friend of ours also asked about this, and it has to do with: Is it okay to buy used electronics? Now, obviously, it's okay in the broader sense, but what they're going for here, specifically when this came in, is the idea of used video cards and the graphic cards that go on your computer especially the high end ones that are used for gamers and video editing and that kind of thing are very expensive and in many cases they can be more than half the cost of a computer if you buy one i use an alienware desktop to do the work i do on it and about 50% of that was the video card and considering that the base computer is pretty expensive to start with that was a pretty expensive video card wow now on a you know straight out kind of thing, if you know the history of something like that, and you're going to buy it. You're going to put out some money. If it's used, it probably would cost less. 
and you know for sure the background and all that kind of thing, then it's probably okay. The problem is, is most of us can't. And to go on eBay or something like that, it's the same idea of all the problems they're starting to have now with the flood damage cars. Mm -hmm. And what happened with these is video cards, in addition to doing video graphics, also work well for crypto mining. Yeah. And it made them very hard to come by for a couple of years. They seem to be more readily available now. But the thing of it is, is at the end of the day, using them for crypto mining kind of screws them up. Really? Why? Yeah, it, it, because they're they're doing they're using them for a purpose for which they're not intended, uh. and they are a little bit of a delicate piece of electronics because we've even some seen some games that have come out that can damage your video card, uh-huh. and you know something that you want to be careful. We've talked about that last year. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is in this particular situation, they're not taken care of. They're just putting these big banks of things and then used. And with crypto dropping the way it has, and even though it's come back just a little bit in value. But there's a lot less crypto mining going on, and a lot of that equipment is starting to appear on the used forms like eBay or even Amazon and stuff. And as a result, you have to be very, very careful. So looking at used equipment as a whole, there are pros and cons to this that kind of apply to everything. The big pro, of course, is the reduced cost. You're going to pay less for something that's used, you know. And Hmm. If you look at it from that standpoint, depending on what it is, that may or may not be a good thing because the biggest con is the fact that usually used items have no warranties. So, in other words, if you make a warranty claim, you have to present, in most cases, a proof of the original purchase of the equipment. Right. So even if the item is still under warranty, unless it's been transferred to you and that's been allowed by the manufacturer, you're going to have a very hard time claiming warranty hmm. just you know just is the way that it is yeah and and you know something to think about from that standpoint is if it's a 50 dollar item okay maybe you roll the dice but if you're still spending five six hundred on it yeah then that's not you know it. maybe that's not such a good idea yeah <laughs> so hmm. now another pro with used equipment is that you probably don't really need a new one as long as it uh is it can work. So if you are just getting a computer and you're you know, reading your blogs, checking Facebook, watching Netflix, whatever, you might not need the latest, greatest computer and something that's been, you know, around for a year or two, as long as it runs Windows 11 and, you know, does the things you needed to do to keep it current. That's uh, that's the thing. same thing for your cell phones. You know, most people don't need the latest, greatest phone. So getting a used one might be okay from that standpoint, because you actually don't necessarily need a new one. However, and this is the big con from that. It's hard to check everything. So electronics can have hidden defects, you know. And from that kind of a standpoint, so you buy a computer, say a laptop, right? It boots up and it seems to work. And then you get it home. And then there might be something going on that you didn't find or can't check or that kind of a thing. Yeah. The other thing to consider is it's also possible a device could be stolen. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know? Yeah. And if you have that happen. That. You know, the battery might be done, those kind of things. And again, you know, so it's kind of a a situation. And one thing that you would want to ask yourself is, do you know enough about the electronics you're buying to be able to determine some of these things? And is the electronic item that you're buying complicated enough to be able to have these type of things that are hidden? This phone's a little easier. Does the camera work? Can you make a call? Can you hear? Does it sound clear? But a laptop computer can have all kinds of things going on under the hood that you don't know. Oh, yeah. I had that problem with my uh, my Dell. 
Yeah, and yours I, and wasn't was brand new. <laughs> yeah, that mine was brand new, and it still has poltergeist uh, personality problems. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, one good thing about using used electronics, and this is a big one, is that it is good for the environment. It does help to cut down on electronic waste, which is a big thing. Every year, we've got millions of phones, computers, cameras, printers, and so on going into the dump. These items are hard to recycle. They usually contain harmful chemicals. So buying a used device keeps it out of the dump for a little bit longer and doesn't put a new device into circulation. So, you know, that's something to take care of. But the final one, and this has been the issue that I've run into sometimes with used electronics, is you really don't know how much life is left in it. Yeah. Yeah. So so where does this fit in with the wearables? I mean, wearable electronics. Well, yeah, you know, are we talking wristwatches or, or what? Well, yeah. And it, this, see, that takes it a st- step further for u- used electronics. Wearables is another area, and that's on here because a lot of people are asking the questions. Now, one thing about wearables is, depending on what it is, you need to consider, is it hygienic to use a wearable ele- electronic device? You know, some stuff is, if it's a, a smartwatch or something, you can probably clean it, but it probably does have someone else's sweat in it. Um, uh, you know, and, and not to be crude, but those are things to think about because these are usually worn against your body. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about wearable electronics is they tend to be subjected to a lot more abuse because you're moving around with them. You bang them into stuff, you know, all that type of a thing is pretty normal. So, you know, from that kind of a standpoint, it's important to take a look at what you're actually doing and if you're going to be okay with it. And if so, and one of the other things that for wearables and a lot of other electronics, especially devices from companies like Amazon, is they're starting to do this thing where your device is registered when you buy it. And if the person you're buying it from doesn't unregister it, you can't use it. Oh, that's fine. I ran into this recently. I've been working on a project that I'm going to be talking about in a few weeks on how to get the um, free over-the-air television channels legally and still be able to have all the few features that you would normally have and not have to hook antennas up to all your TVs. But to do that, I wanted to get a device um, called, uh, it's an Amazon, I think, Replay or something like that. And it was a device they made for the Fire TV that allowed for recording over the air stuff, but they stopped making them last summer. So I tried to do that. I got a used one off of eBay and it was registered to somebody else. And you just simply can't use it. It's a paperweight and they will not unregister it. What about Um, the previous owner? Well, it turned out that it was sold to me by a pawn shop, and oh. they took it in from somebody and then put it on eBay. Now, because eBay has guarantees on these things, I was able to get a refund on the item, so I shipped it back. So I wasn't out anything other than some time and aggravation. But still, that's something to be concerned about because a lot of these devices lock down, and once you're done, you're done. You know, crazy. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. So check it out. Make an informed decision. You know, think about these different things and see what the real price difference is and maybe if it is worth it to go new. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. In the news, we've been hearing a lot about something called ChatGPT. Now, AI is something that we've been playing with for a long time. It's out there, definitely. But they're getting into these more kind of conversational 
units, however you would refer to that, that are able to interact in many ways in the same way that a human would. And some of the advantages and disadvantages of this type of technology is the fact that you don't always know that you're talking to the computer. And this particular situation is something that's been set up that this software can actually write computer code. It can write term papers. You can ask it plain questions and it will give you answers. And one of the funny things with it just being Valentine's Day is CNET kind of did an experiment on this. And they let ChatGPT uh, uh, edit their online dating profile. Yes, I can talk today. Uh, probably not as well as the AI. And um, wanted to see, you know, kind of what it would come up with. So putting out these things, they got some kind of interesting answers, you know. So the prompt, in other words, what you put into it, write a funny one-sentence response to the dating app prompt, my uh, zombie apocalypse plan is. And the chat answered, my zombie apocalypse plan is to teach the zombies the cha-cha slide because you can never have too much cardio in a crisis. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's, uh... Well, I mean, I guess you know, it, it, it's an AI, so it doesn't have to worry about the, the, the zombies eating its brains or body. No, or probably not. You know, I, I, I just. Uh... All right. How about this one? Prompt when an, write an opener message for a dating app, but don't ask the person out on a date yet. You've just watched the most recent episode of The Last of Us and are feeling emotionally vulnerable. Answer. Hi there. I just finished watching the most recent episode of The Last of Us and I'm feeling a little emotional. I couldn't help but notice we both enjoy the game. Want to commiserate about the ups and downs of the post-apocalyptic world and all the feels it brings. <laughs> that almost sounded like 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 an advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so some of the stuff you get out, there's another one they have up here. Write a funny opener message for a dating app, but don't ask the personality date yet. This person shares your interest in cats and indie music. Answer, meow there. I couldn't help but notice our shared love for cats and indie musics from the 2010s. I have a feeling we could spend hours talking about our favorite fur babies and debating the best album from Fleet Foxes. Want to join forces and start our own feline-friendly indie band? Now, keep in mind, this is an AI that's answering this that, stuff. Yeah, this that way. one was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. That was clever and creative. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting. I played with this a little bit and found in my situation, I was asking it to write code and do different, uh, like computer code and do different things like that. And it actually came back with very valid, respectable res- responses. You know, you wouldn't think, but it it does. Now, we're taking this a step further is if you're in college, you know, I used to just pay people to write my, I mean, I wrote all my papers myself, of course, uh-huh. and <laughs> Take, actually, it, Gretchen, it, you actually did. And <laughs> I didn't write papers, so it's okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, these kind of systems can be used to replace that. And you can write what they put out through like a plagiarism tester and it won't pop because it is unique, but it is not authored by the human that's claiming to have authored whatever it is. Right. You know, hmm. and we've talked in the past about some of the problems where AI driven artwork and stuff is actually directly competing with human created artwork and stuff. And there is um, problems that that's creating, you know, where it's it's not separated. And at the end of the day, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with all of this. You know? Yeah, you've really upset Esther. She's she's yeah. just like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, she heard the meow and the answer there, you know. Oh, so, uh, 
okay. She's interested in starting a feline-friendly band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to see that. So, uh, <laughs> But in any event, so that's, uh, you know, some of the stuff that this can do. We're going to be seeing it and access to these type of systems. I heard somewhere that they're planning to build it into products like Microsoft Word and OpenOffice and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that you'll actually be able to get assistance in writing, I guess, from there. Oh, I guess if you're going to go online to have it write something, you might as well do it in your editor. An AI-powered um, <laughs> Clippy. Great. You know, AI-powered <laughs> Clippy. Microsoft specifically said that they do not want to hear that comparison. So, well, anyway, but yes, clippy, that does clippy, make sense. AI-powered Clippy is going <laughs> to be Anybody that fake. doesn't remember Clippy, go ahead and just Google it. It was <laughs> this, oh, man, I'm glad those days are past. <laughs> <laughs> so, in any event. We'll keep on top of all of this stuff because it's it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where this develops, and there are some competitors on the market. Send us your questions. We've got a brand new website for you to check out, userfriendlyshow.com. Got all our past season archives, and these we actually did ourselves. We did not use an AI to record the show. We should try that one week. But let us know sure. what you think. We'll be back after the break. <laughs> Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show where we answer your questions. You send them in, and uh, we endeavor to get you some information. How do you send them in? Go to our new website, userfriendlyshow.com. Everything's out there. We look forward to hearing from you. What questions do we have this week? Is crypto coming back? Cryptocurrency? Well, I'm not sure it ever completely went away. But uh, it certainly you know, dropped in value. They've been talking about crypto winter and all this kind of stuff. The reason this question came in is the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing some of the currencies like Bitcoin go back up a little bit. Bitcoin finally got over 20,000. Today I was looking at it when we're recording about 24,000, give or take. So there's a little bit more value coming back in. But no, I have not changed my opinion on this. I still say be very cautious with this kind of thing. It is definitely something that, that is... Very, very new, even though it's been around for a little while. They're starting to look at actually doing some regulation and getting some more things in place like that. But we've seen a lot of the exchanges go out of business. And one of the big problems that that's created is unlike banks, when you the company that handles your crypto wallet goes away, they can lock you out of your money. Yeah, And there yeah. isn't a whole lot of recourse for that, you know? So <laughs> there's a lot of kind of wild, wild west type things out here. And it still is definitely the case. So it'll be interesting to watch this and see what happens. I'm a little surprised it didn't bounce back earlier. I was thinking really? it probably would. Yeah, I think because it's going to do the yo-yo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, if it becomes viable, I still would be very surprised to see that. Yeah. Okay, our next question is, what is data scraping? A question that's come in from a number of different listeners and there seems to be more of a focus on this in the last little bit. And basically, this is a technical term for going to the Internet and extracting data from whatever you would extract it from, usually websites or something like that. So you might scan for email addresses or access information or, you know, those type of things. Or if you can get to it, records that give more information on the user. And especially right now, with all the changes that are being made with tracking and all of that for advertising. I think we're seeing a little bit more of this again. So they're killing off third-party cookies. We've talked about that in the past. And those are the little bits of information that would create the situation where you went to a website and looked at something 
And then the next 10, you would see an ad for the original something you looked at, that kind of stuff. That's what cookies were doing. However, it's being replaced with something else, so uh, which looks like it may or may not be, it might even be a little less secure. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see where that goes. Great. But the bottom Maybe. line of it is, <laughs> is getting information that's out there, addresses, phone numbers, email, and anything else. That's basically a generic 10,000 foot definition of what data scraping is actually about. Okay. Hmm. All right. What is check washing? Yeah, I couldn't find that cycle on my washer, so mm. no. I'm not really sure what this is. I, so what this is refers a- to, checks are, in my opinion, probably the most insecure banking thing that you could <laughs> actually do at this point. Yeah. You are literally handing somebody a piece of paper with your signature, address, account number, mm-hmm. and other information on it. And um, your signature, and yeah. You know, because they that. can copy it. And you're, yeah. They can copy it. They can do all these different things, and it's easy to make a checkup on the computer. I mean, there's software that does that for legitimate purposes. But what check washing is, is it's a kind of fraud where somebody gets a check that say you've maybe sent in the mail or given to somebody or whatever, however they would come into contact with it. And then they remove the name of whoever you made it out to and put their name so they can deposit it. A lot of times they'll change the amount and other stuff like that. So this is something that has definitely been a problem for a long time. It's nothing new. But again, we're seeing all of these kinds of things, you know, raise their head again. I guess, you know, it goes in cycles. But again, I am of the opinion that if you can avoid using checks, do it. Your online bill pay, even if the person you're paying ultimately does get a check, which happens sometimes, it still usually doesn't reflect all of your personal information. Right. It comes from a, a centralized bank account that the institution that you're using would put out. And really doing things electronically, you're, you're also saving the cost of mailing, uh, you know, with stamps being, I think it's 62 cents now or something. Yeah, it's something uh, crazy you know. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I've, it's, I've got you know, people out there, if you have seniors, check on your, your senior family members. And if they, they're still sending out checks, show them how to use the online banking. Help them yeah. to to protect themselves, you know? See, the other thing that can happen with the check washing scheme, too, is the check will clear and you'll see, okay, it's posted, you know, against your account. And then the person you're sending to, well, we never got it, you know, so that's another area of this that you might be a victim of Mm -hmm. this if you have that kind of a thing happen. Best thing is, is I know you can't avoid it 100%, but minimize as much as possible using checks because it's just not a secure, it's it's one of the few leftovers from the last century of banking, I think. Yeah. And um, something that really probably needs to uh, become part of history. Are TikTok creators going to start charging users? Yeah. So this seems to have created a little bit of stir. What this is, is an announcement made by TikTok that they're actually looking at a system to allow content creators to charge users to be able to view their content. Oh, boy. That's what this is about. So it's not directly TikTok charging you. But it's the creators on TikTok being able to charge you to look at their work and be able to monetize it. Uh-huh. So okay. whether that's a bad thing or not, I don't really know. I mean, you know, in some ways, if you're an artist and having an outlet where you can actually sell your art and make some money off of it, it could be a good thing. It's just kind of interesting to see the way this is coming together and the reaction that's happening because of it. Wouldn't that be kind of like, oh, hi, I'm on Twitter and I'm really popular, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going to charge you to see my tweets because I'm so wonderful. Yeah, Isn't kind that of kind of like the same pay, thing? 
It'd be kind of like saying, hey, if people are willing to pay for it, why not? Kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, the last one we've got here is, is it true that Switzerland is banning electric vehicles? Yeah, this created another stir. This might kind of sound like, what? No, actually, they are talking about it. Really? They're saying that the amount of cost of putting in the infrastructure and everything else defeats the benefit that you would have from the electric vehicles. Now, on another note, the EU has decided to ban gasoline power vehicles by 2035. Now, Switzerland is a lot of times different from everything else, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see where this ends up. They haven't banned them as of right now, but they are talking about it and coming at it from an idea. I think it's because also with the energy problems out there and stuff, they're saying, well, hey, maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0, and this section of the show, which has become our unofficial movie and television review part. <laughs> this week, we're talking about a show called My Dad, the Bounty Hunter on Netflix. I know nothing about this, so enlighten me. Okay, so it's a cartoon, and it's about what is it? Eight, eight series, eight episodes, uh, uh, eight or nine? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's really kind of charming and cute. Uh, it, it's it's definitely family friendly, and um, it's basically about two kids that discover that their dad is a bounty hunter. But he's not just a bounty hunter. Like what was that? Like that like guy, the, dog or whatever. Yeah, like, his no, name he's was. not dog the bounty hunter. No, because that's terrestrial. That's here on Earth. This guy actually is more like Boba Fett, which is really cool. But they have no idea that that they can go off into space and that they're our ships and all this other stuff, which was yeah, so alien cool. races. Uh, you know, he, he runs along, picks up the bad guys, gets paid, comes back home. Kids don't know that he uh, has left the planet because he's a truck driver. Yeah. So. <laughs> so if your dad's a truck driver, he might actually be one of these guys, which will be fun. You know, <laughs> I, I think I'd be interested in that too myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's basically the, the guy's kids, sneak uh into his car because they want to go with him on his his truck driving thing because he's like oh yeah well i gotta go they're gonna pay me a lot of money to drive this truck so i gotta go uh i'll be back in a little bit so there's frustration with the kids the kids want to see more of their dad and they feel like he's missed a lot of you know events and that are important yep. to their lives so this is definitely like a family story of you know how things happen and right, right. So, of course, there's a surprise to it. <laughs> yes. I expect yeah, to sounds... see lots of furries. Uh, if we ever went to a fur con, Ooh, yeah. I would expect to see furry costumes that look like some of the creatures. So, okay. Now that's new... like the aliens or? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, okay I, so, I, I'm, uh... I'm going to expect to see a few of the, uh, the the dad in the bounty hunter costume. Oh, well, yeah. Because he's he is wearing a helmet with a T-shaped visor. Yeah, so. he is wearing a T-shaped visor. Okay, so that's interesting. Actually, you know, that's uh, the life imitating art, I guess. You know, I've seen it in other places, possibly even real life. You know, it's a yeah. good design, yeah. I think. It is a good so, design. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it makes sense. Okay, so this is on Netflix. Are there a lot of episodes? Is it multiple seasons? One season? There's one, one season so far, 10 mm -hmm. episodes. 
and it it was produced this year, so uh, it's not like we missed a whole lot of stuff. So, okay, so something pretty new out there. Okay, check yeah. it out. You know, and and let us know what you think. And you said it's family friendly, so this is yeah. one that's good for that. And it's amazing how many of these cartoons are actually in some ways better than the scripted comedies. And you know, <laughs> uh, just uh, we're seeing that a lot more, a lot more going into it. Yeah, All right, I think this is really user enjoy friendly two Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by wearetechnology.com. Listen at theanswerportland.com, userfriendlyshow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.